Special technique. Special technique of shadow boxing. Still a work right. in progress as far as like getting the clarity and everything is concerned. 
get it right, so, man. Just just get it right. Everything falls into place. When I started out doing uh, radio in February of 2000, you know, took a few shows to get things right. But then after that, I became my own producer and everything, and I had to show uh, running like clockwork. Gotcha, um, man. Gotcha. No, I no, no, no. But I wanted to speak on the fights for this weekend. Yeah, I was about to touch on that here. I was about to touch on oh. that here. Uh, you know, just go give the rundown of the fights right quick. All right. Yeah, so, um, yeah, first off, we were going to go through that high-profile fight on Premier Boxing Champions on NBC last night with uh, Adrian Broner and Sean Porter. And Porter basically, you know, got that decision win over Adrian Broner, but... You know, it seemed like that was a very sloppy fight. Uh, Porter was still Porter, and, you know, my expectation was before the fight when I made the prediction that Adrian Broner was going to be able to outbox Sean Porter. And I've said many times that Kell Brook basically gave a blueprint. But, however, um, Broner didn't let his hands go, number one. And then when he had the chance to move, he didn't move to the side. He moved back. And when he moved back, he kind of, like, opened himself for anything that Porter had, and it ended up having to clinch him. So that's what mm-hmm. led to that point deduction that he had later on in the fight. And mm-hmm. the only good things that he had was, you know, I think it was like the fourth or fifth round, and then that down that he had where Porter basically let himself open, bouncing around at the, at the yeah. beginning of the 12th round. You know? I, my breakdown, though, of uh, Broner at this particular time, in certain fights, like when, he, when he's with someone who's uh, coming at him in the style that Porter has, he needs to be high guard. He needs to keep that stick out there. That Philly shell, with all due respect, against uh, better talent, he doesn't execute it well enough for it to be an effective defense the way that James Tony or Floyd Mayweather would execute a Philly shell. But his high guard works good because when, when he was doing the high guard, he was able to get the knockdown and everything. But basically, though, Broner is way over his head trying to fight 147-pound fighters, and he's reluctant exactly. to let his hands go because he once they touch him, he realizes he can't deal with that power of those people. He's, he's 140 all day long. But right. go to 147 or fight 147 fighters, he, he's giving up too much strength, and he doesn't, uh, to the point where he, he doesn't utilize his a whole arsenal to, to stay effective against those people. Because, like, like I say, I would like to see him let his hands go more, but he's afraid of getting countered by them dudes. And, yeah. And and then, like, his defense, as far as the Philly shell, it's not effective like a good Philly shell would be. But the the other thing about, the other thing is, the pin is, even when he uses that Philly shell, he doesn't move his head enough to make it as effective as it is because like James Tony and Floyd Mayweather not only do they you know apply the Philly shelf they also move their head and they even get hit with any type of punch they like roll with the punches to minimize the effect of them and the thing is that Broner gets caught flush even with the Philly shelf that he has so that type of thing will not be able to work for him he said he really can't fight those 147 fighters that you know had that type of power that go against him because if he's if he still has that thing where he's still moving back instead of moving off to the side, then he's gonna get caught many times by those guys at 147. So he needs to 
you know, moved down at 140. Um, yeah. Try to keep his weight, you know, his uh, regular weight at around 150 or so. Because uh, when he came into the ring, he came in at 157. But Porter still came in at 161. So mm-hmm. even with that whole thing on trying to get, you know, Sean Porter to get at 144 pounds, he was still able to rehydrate to 161. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the other thing was um, they just, like, before the fight, they removed that rehydration limit. Uh, that was part of the contract. Uh, did you have any take on that? I I don't really like rehydration clauses. And Heyman removed that prior to the fight coming up. So it wasn't a factor in what was going on. You know, because I didn't even know anything about rehydration clauses until uh, Margarito had one against uh, Pacquiao. Uh, that that this catch weights and uh, and uh, rehydration clause and everything it waters down the sport. In yeah, it does. Yeah, it does water down the sport. It does. Um, it kind of like makes it to where they put too many demands on something for like a you know a set weight. Because if if you're gonna say that this is a welterweight fight, then their weight limit is 147. As long as they aren't above 147 pounds at the weigh-in, then they should be fine. You shouldn't yeah. have a catch with yeah. you know, 144 or no. 142 or nothing like that. You know what I'm in big favor of? And I wasn't really before, but this uh, catch weight stuff and all that is getting out of hand. Same-day weigh-ins. Oh, yeah. 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 Well, that wasn't something... Uh, you mean like after the fights and all that? No, I mean the day of the fight. You weigh in that morning fight, yeah. or early afternoon, like how they do the weight right. weigh in the night beforehand. Do that weigh in the right. day of the fight. Yeah, yeah. A lot of that should be incorporated. You know that they should be able to uh, do that the day of the fight instead of doing it the, the night before. I'm assuming that I have another person on the line here. Eight one three seven five eight. State your name. Where you calling from? Uh, this is Terrell from Tampa. All right, there, Terrell. What's going on with you? Hey, not a whole lot. Yeah, yeah, it's good. It's good, man. We just uh, we got uh, Jamal here on the line with me, and we were just going over the uh, Bruno Porter fight and uh, the different things that were like noticeable, you know, before, during, and after the fight. Did you have any take on it? Hey, uh, Mr. Bell, before that happens, I'm going to hang up right now and go to my group and uh, okay. let some people know that you're on right now live and have some more people to call. Since you're able to have a party line, we can yes. have a group discussion. I'm going to solicit uh, two of the brothers from Boxing with the Brothers to call in, and then I'll be calling you back because I definitely got some take on uh, Spence fight and the Ward fight. So, All right, gotcha. Uh, we'll get to that. I'll call you back All right, in no about doubt. five, ten minutes. All right, thanks. Okay. <clears throat> All right, yeah, Terrell, uh, we were um, talking about the Brona Porter fight. Um, so did you uh, catch that or catch any highlights of it? Yeah, I caught the Brona fight and the Errol Spence fight, and thank you for introducing me to Errol Spence because he's the real deal right now, real deal, definitely. You know, but Brona Porter fight, First of all, I'm glad that Porter got the deserved decision. But, <laughs> I mean, 
Porter had the world against him because the way Tony Weeks refereed that fight, and generally Tony Weeks had, does a good fight. But this yeah, one, he does. He does. this fight looks like he was definitely paid off to, to give uh, Porter the job, you know. But, uh, yeah. but, that point deduction didn't come until real late. I mean, not not to mention that it should have been at least two different more, two two more point deductions. One for the, the legal hit on the break when he hit behind when Brony hit him by, from behind or whatever, and another point for holding should have been came out earlier too, you know. But it was just it was just ridiculous on what went on in that fight. What what was allowed to go on? But you have to commend Porter for maintaining his composure throughout all that. He took all of that and more and never did retaliate to cause a point to be taken against him, you know? Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, uh, yeah, Sean Porter is, you know, basically, you know, basically uh, a man a guy and doesn't really, you know, take off so much or try to get, you know, rattled too easily. So, I mean, even with all that stuff that was going on against him where, you know, there was a lot of holding going on with, uh, <coughs> with uh, Adrian Broner, especially when he, like, tried to pull, pull down behind the head. Um, that was done on multiple occasions, and uh, Tony Weeks didn't really, you know, take any points off from that. Um, and then once he finally did it around the 10th or 11th round, I mean, that was, you know, basically a a mute point because Porter basically was won the fight after that 10th round. Um, yeah. You could only, only see about one or two rounds where Broner decisively won the round. Um, other than that, it was it was Porter because, like I said, I mean, Broner didn't do much as far as throwing punches, um, moving around laterally. All he did was move back instead of moving off to the side. Um, while there were no real reach advantages for either fighter, I mean, Broner, Broner has the, the style of the offensive style where he could just box and should be able to move around. Instead of doing that, he just stood there. So if he just stands there and he gets countered, then that's when he's really going to get affected. Well, one of the main it's, – it's, it's a lot of main points you can take take away from this fight. Just because you drain a guy down to a catch weight doesn't mean you're, you're going to catch, catch him slipping. They put him down – may put him go down to 144. He re, re, uh, re-volume back up to, what, 160? And came in super strong. Yeah. And then on top of that, Broner belongs at 140 and under, period. He cannot fight above 140. He cannot. Right. Cannot. Yeah, that's what I was saying earlier. There's no way that you could put Broner in any fight above 140. Donna proved it. Porter basically proved it. And, I mean, to an extent, that, that fight he had with Paulie Malinacci, that kind of proved it. Because he really, it really wasn't a decisive victory against Paulie Malinacci that Broner had. So you could say that even then, that was something where you could have seen that Broner couldn't be at 147. Oh, no, everybody knows he was, he was given that belt. He was given that belt on his way to the top. But that was that's why that's why it was taken from from him from him violently. That's why what that's why what happened to him happened. 
And it's a shame. Broner, sir, he's actually a great, he can be a great fighter. Leave all these antics alone, all this side stuff, this this little junk. He, You don't, I mean, I understand you got to sell fights, but stuff he does is just ridiculous. But like I said, he can be a great fighter. He got this show. But, but his overall demand, how he acts, carries himself outside of the ring, is like intolerable. And it's like I said, you know, weeks ago, so fights at the You can't do that and expect to be a superstar fighter. You are a brand, you are a product. Um, you're not, you know, you're not selling your skills, <coughs> but you're also selling a brand. And by doing that type of stuff outside of the ring, I, you know, you make it to the ring. I mean, there's a few, there's only a few things that you can do outside of the ring. You can't necessarily be a Ricardo Mayorga. It expects to last very long uh, in this sport nowadays. This is it's a lot more business now. And if you want to market yourself to like make millions or quote unquote be about billions, then you can't just carry yourself out of care in the world. No, no, with a little to no respect for others, you know. Exactly. Exactly. That's something that kind of cost him uh, you know, later on. Even if he is at 140, I mean, right now, even though, um, you know, Danny Garcia is moving up to 147 and maybe Lamont Peterson is uh, following the same suit, there's still guys there at 140 that could still crack and could still, you know, check him and uh, probably still give him another loss. Yeah, it's definitely some guys at 140. Even things like uh, guys like uh, Prodnikov at 140, uh, Matisse. Those are great names at yep. 140. Terrence Crawford. Those are great names. Just great fights at 140. Definitely. Yep. Yep. Definitely. That's definitely one of the deepest divisions out there. And like I said, like one of my articles. Well, actually, you know, one of my articles that's on the uh, Sports.com was a fantasy tournament at the 140-pound division. And, Rona was included in, you know, one of those eight fighters that I had. And even though I included Eddie Garcia and uh, Lamont Peterson in it, um, I still had Rona against, you know, the likes of Victor Postal, Lucas Matisse, Provodnikov, Crawford, and Omar Figueroa Jr. And uh, we just uh, had something on CBS where uh, we had... Bartolome uh, go against um, Antonio DeMarco, and he was very impressive in a 10-round decision uh, there early today. So Bartolome is another guy to watch out for at the 140-pound division. Right, right. Do you think they'll throw Garcia in with a big name at 147 right away? Uh, well, uh, well, what we have scheduled now on August 1st, uh, that'll be on uh, the Premier Boxing Champions on ESPN will be the first one at ESPN. Danny Garcia will be going up against Pauli Malignaggi on ESPN. So that will okay. be his first fight at 147. And then uh, we'll see what happens with him in that fight. And and then after that, if they're, you know, prepared to have him go against, you know, other top contenders in the 147-pound division. Um, right now at this point, I don't think um, – Garcia would really 
do that well in 147. The guys that they have there, you, know, you have your old Brooks, you have one time, you have Sean Porter, you have Amir Khan. Well, I mean, he's the one that he defeated Amir Khan at 140, but um, you also have Brandon Rios out there. And these are like fights that I think are possible, you know, in 147. So I'm not even including, you know, Manny Pacquiao or um, Timothy Bradley here at the moment. So that's something that, you know, maybe could happen uh, or if he's still around. Uh, Danny Garcia could fight Devin Alexander. Uh, you know, be still around 47 pounds. So, there's still like a few fights that Danny Garcia can have, but if he's going to be, you know, champions, seven uh, like Kelvin, Keith Thurman, then I don't see it. I don't see him defeating him. I really didn't see him defeating uh, Mike Peterson. So, if he can't beat Lamont Peterson, I don't see him defeating those those guys that have the belts right now at 47. Hey, James, your audio is kind of choppy, in and out. It's in and out? All right. I'm trying to yeah. see what's going on with this microphone here because this is, um, you know, one of the microphone things that I'm using. I might see if I can switch it over, but I'm not sure if I can or not. Uh, is it a little <clears> bit better right now? Yeah, I believe that is. Okay. All right, so... Yeah, we'll just uh, run with this one here right now. And um, you said that you wanted to go uh, go into the fight that Spence had on the undercard of this, uh, Bruno Porter. Uh, Errol Spence? Yeah. Yeah, like I said, I, I thank you for introducing me to this guy. I don't know why I have not heard of him. I know he's, he's an Olympian, but we know all the Olympians from that class, none of those guys didn't medal. So, but was was a pretty funny stat about that. All of those Olympics from that class, they're all undefeated at this, as pros. So that's what yep. I kind of tell you about that class. It's still a good class and everything. But you, yep. you know about the amateurs. The amateurs does not always translate to a good pro and, and vice versa. It's wrong. So it doesn't always tell you what, it's, what you're going to have. But Errol Smith, he, like I said, he's the real deal right now. I like his size. I like his stance. I think his stance is a touch too wide. I don't know if you noticed, picked up on that at all. Yeah, it's a little uh, bit. It's a little bit wide. Yeah, because someone with some good lateral movement can can easily step to the side and and just rattle him and get him out of position, you know. But that right. guy is right. the real deal. He he is solid, and I, I'm I'm yeah. sure he's he's ready for a title shot early next year. I mean, he called out uh, Keith Thurman, and that would be a good fight right. to see. Right, and that's something that I'll be talking about a little bit later. Uh, but right now we got um, someone coming in at 909-997. Uh, state your name, where you calling from? Area code 909. Uh, see if he had his up. Yeah, 909. What's going on? Your name and where you calling from? Oh, how you doing? Uh, my name is Khalif. I'm calling from Pomona, California. All right there, Brother Khalif. How you doing? All right, all right. I just wanted to call in and uh, give my opinion about the fights over the weekend. Yeah, uh, we went through um, Porter's uh, decision win over Broner, and uh, we were just about to touch on uh, Errol Spence's win that was on the undercard against Phil Greco. Uh, but you could touch on that, Broner-Porter, and what you thought about that fight? 
Yeah, yeah. Uh, I I won't be long winded. Um, as far as the Porter and Broner fight, um, I thought um, both looked pretty good. I, I don't I don't think Broner's stock dropped with the loss in the fight. Um, you know, he still fought pretty good. Uh, he just got outworked by Porter. I think um, when I was following along on both training camps leading up to the fight, uh, the game plan that Kenny Porter had was excellent as far as, um, you know, focusing on stamina and uh, being able to keep the uh, punch output high even uh, when he was fatigued. And uh, Porter came in an excellent condition. And um, as I've been hearing, you know, through the other boxing channels, Broner was having some trouble uh make it wait, you know, instead of focusing on, you know, technique and camp and all those things pretty much uh, showed in the fight, you know. Um, and um, one of the biggest reasons why I feel Broner lost, which has uh, been his issue for the last three, four fights, is he doesn't let his hands go enough, you know. So that's his uh, right. big issue. I don't know if that's a coaching thing or just something inside of Broner's head. I don't know what that is. But when Broner lets his hand go, uh, Burner is uh, spectacular, but I think he'll be okay. Um, there's a, a big thing going around in boxing that I don't really agree with. Uh, as soon as you lose or something like that, you know, they start calling you a bum. I don't know what what year that bullshit started, but they need to stop that, you know. <laughs> Amir Khan is in discussions with fighting Floyd, even though I don't think he's going to get the Floyd fight. He has three losses, you know what I mean? So, I mean, I think people should really stop that. I think Broner will be okay. I think Broner needs to stay at 140. Um, I'm here. He's having some issues with uh, Al Heyman, you know, and that was the reason yep. why he got thrown in that type of fight because, uh, yep. you know, he's really right. rubbing Al Heyman the wrong way. He's getting advances. So, you know, I try to uh, focus on the, the behind-the-scenes things going on in boxing. Um, the Errol Spence fight, um, Errol looked pretty good. You know, he did what he was supposed to do. Um you know, a lot of people are trying to throw him in with Thurman or Porter. You know, that would be, you know, a great fight for Boston. But it also answers a lot of questions. Because, you know, uh, Aaron Spence hasn't even fought a B-level fighter, you know. Is it too much? You know, uh, you know, it's obvious, you know, Floyd dump uh, Porter in the trash can. And he's got a new little brother. His name is Aaron Spence Jr., you know what I mean? So, uh, right. you know, um, we'll see how Aaron does uh in his fight in uh, September, because it looks like Floyd's going to definitely have him on the undercard of uh, Mayweather promotions, you know. So, so we'll see if uh, Porter takes that fight. I don't think Thurman's going to take the fight because he has a fight in July, so I think it'll be too short. I think uh, they're going to force uh, Thurman to fight uh, Khan in the fall, and I think Arrow uh, and uh, Porter are going to fight. But it's interesting. It's going to be interesting to see the uh third or fourth quarter of 2015 to uh, see how the, the year is. You know, boxing is going to survive, so I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. So I'll be out of touch on that a little bit. But right now, uh, we got another person on the line, 317-263. State your name and where you're calling from? I'm calling from the great state of Indiana and Indianapolis. Oh, Indianapolis. Uh, that's where, like, my uncle lives, and I uh, got a few uh, cousins over there in Indianapolis there, man. Yeah, and it's also the birthplace of former heavyweight champion, Layman Brewster. Oh, man, yeah, uh, Layman One of the last ones. Yeah, he, he boxed here yeah. at uh, Sarge's gym, and he was one of the last ones to check Klitschko's chin. 
Yep, that's true. Knock him out. Yep, that's right, that's right. That's I why wanted, I, uh, I was what, hoping that... Go ahead. I was saying, uh, what, what your name was? This is Jamal. All right, so we got Jamal back on here. But yeah, man, Lamar... Yeah, I went out there Bruce and uh, solicited... Uh, I solicited a few people to call in. Hopefully a few more people will be calling in now. We can have a, a round table. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Oh, man. We pretty much had like a consensus on uh, Adrian Broner about him uh, having to be at 140 and staying at 140. And um, a couple of us uh, kind of say that that Spence is, is ready and should, you know, try to go against the, the title holders there at 147 uh, with Keith Thurman there available in Excel Brook. As far as Earl Spence, so see, I, I'm big on amateur boxing. I I follow amateur boxing with a passion, and I think that Earl Spence, as a professional, is is he's better off having more success as a professional because he never medaled in none of the Olympics that he had went to. But I do honestly believe if they try to move him up too fast, he will get a, another thing that we say a lot now: exposed. I don't know if necessarily that's the case. I just don't think he's ready for the elite at 147 at this particular time, and the levels that he need to go through to uh, assure me that he's ready, he hasn't yet. But he's up and coming, though. I think that him and Thurman would be a good fight, particularly at this yeah. time, because Thurman, the one time, it's just not one time anymore as he moves up in competition. So Exactly. Uh, I would like to see him and Spence square off, though. But I'm not ready yeah. to give Spence too much accolades like so many people are until he does some things because I'm not really impressed with him. I always have in the back of my mind of how in the amateurs he was pretty successful, but he wasn't medal material. It was either two or three Olympics that he went to. Right. He did He did it better well. than any other American in the 2012 games, though, but nevertheless, he didn't make it to the medal round. Right. Exactly, exactly. All right, I'm about to put on um, another caller here, 336-327. Uh, so, um, yeah, what's going on with you? Hey, Mr. Greg, what's going on? Okay, yeah, I, I, heard what, uh, yeah. what, I heard what was just said. And so you got to, okay, when you look at, uh, yeah, Spence went further than any other American fighter did in the Olympics. But see, what hinders our American fighters, I, I if you look at our, our amateur boxing, they have a pro style. So it doesn't, it it, it don't fare well in international type play. All right? So, so you, you won't see these guys go deep. I think Ward was the last one to really, to really medal in the last couple of, you know, few Olympics. But the deal with Spence, these guys know Spence. These guys know Spence. You know why? Spence beat them up sparring all the time. That's why they try to discredit Spence. They try to make it look like, oh, I dare Floyd to bring up Spence against me, right? Because they don't want this guy that nobody really knows. He's just really getting introduced to, to the novice people of boxing. I, the real fans know who he is. He's highly respected amongst all the pro so-called established fighters. 
right? Because they know them because they spar with them. They know what Spence brings to the table. That's why they want to buy time before they fight Spence. So, yeah, they want to put Spence off for another year or so, if possible, but it's not going to happen. Just like Broner. If you look at the Broner and you look at the Thurman fight, right, and we all had our own views of, of what was going to happen when we look at the styles of each fighters, right? But from their sparring, their sparring alone told everything. They knew each other. It was the ugliest fight that I saw in I don't know how long. It looked it looked worse than club fights that I watch here in in, 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 in Greensboro, right? Okay. Because they know each other's far, they knew what what to expect. Adrian knew that Porter was a bull. He knew Porter was strong. And Porter basically had no respect of Adrian because he just kept coming forward because it was like he didn't fear that Adrian could hurt him, okay? But as both of them talked on their sparring sessions, Kenny Porter was the one that seemed like he was telling the truth. And Adrian was being Adrian. So my thing with Spence, they know Spence is the real deal. That's why they want to buy as much time with him as they can. In my opinion, and looking at all other, other uh, if you listen to Sam Watson, you listen to all of the real guys, that's there watching these live sparring sessions. The boy, he's he's ready, and I think he's ready too. You know who I think I I was and I was sitting here thinking while you were talking. Who I would like to see uh, Earl Spence fight right now? Who I would like to see him square off with uh, Terrence Crawford right now. Ter- look, Terrence Crawford, he's a hell of a fighter, bro. He's a hell of a fighter. But and, and see, okay. And this is my thing with one time, right? Okay. When I watch certain fighters, I look for certain things. If I see that your matchmaker, if your matchmaker match you the same way with the same type fighters every time, it shows me that you pretty much one dimensional. Your matchmaker knows your strengths. He knows your weaknesses. Okay, all right. We haven't seen one time fight Noah Lucifer. Fighting at one time as face is a guy that stays right in front of him. But like you said, brother, hey, one time ain't 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 got nobody in one time in a minute because that competition is getting tougher, right? Well, Earl mm-hmm. Earl can be elusive too. Earl can box. Earl got some pop. Earl's like a, a double-edged sword. He got the power where he can hurt you. If he want to stand and bang with you, he can. If he want to box, he can box. And then again, he's southpaw, right? So these are all different variables that we ain't seen Thurman face. Thurman ain't face right. nobody like that. Yeah, that, 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 that's, that's a great point. Uh, I, I can see that southpaw and the elusiveness in the skills, and he also a little pop where he probably be able to counter Thurman. He might give Thurman hey, on, some problems. Bro, I, yeah, I agree. We, yeah, we had, um, I, just real quick, real quick, y'all, we had uh, 267456 on the line, but uh, if you're still on, um, if you're too, still on 267, see if you can, um, you know, lower down the 
the sound on your radio or TV or whatever it is, and then I'll see if I can put you back on in a minute. All right, y'all go back to uh, talking about Spence. Like you said, now, with Sean Porter, right, Sean Porter fought Brooke. I mean, I was disappointed in Porter and Broner's performance last night. I mean, because, man, it showed no skill from either fighter. You know, Adrian would use his feet work and, and get out of trouble, but it was like he was scared to let his hands go. But yeah. one thing with Porter, when you see Porter, he has fought a Brook. Brook is a very diverse fighter. He can box. He's elusive. He's the type of fighter that Keith Thurman had to shout when he could have faced him, correct? He didn't want to face him. All right? Because you know why? His matchmaker knows he will get exposed as soon as he fight a guy that 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 fights a different fights different instead of standing in front of him. Right, all right. Thurman is about is coming forward banging. To me, that's all he can do. The, the Italian brother that was moving a little bit, just he was just moving. And Thurman, he, he was damn near like a fish out of water. All right? Right. But Thurman, Thurman knows, man. They know Earl. They ain't new to this kid. They know what this kid can do. Just like Earl. Mm-hmm. All this time, Earl never confessed to he took the, 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 the high side when they always asked him about spawn with Broner. But just lately he said what? He knocked Broner out. Alright? Like he said, he yeah. know he's stronger than Broner. He know he's mm-hmm. more physical than Broner. Like he said he'll right. fight Porter or Thurman. They know this kid, mm-hmm. man. This kid this kid is gonna show these guys something that they haven't seen. You know, right. where the world haven't seen him get exposed like I think this kid can expose him. But Terrence sure. Crawford, he's a whole other animal because he's another fighter. He's a double, triple-edged sword, too. He can fight multiple facets. He can fight conventional. He can fight southpaw. He can box. He can stand in there. He got pop. That's the, that's the type of animal that you don't want to face. You don't want to face that type of guy. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, everybody, you know, you got a box and a puncher. A boxer usually beat a puncher nine out of ten times if he fights smart. And another thing that Broner's deficiency is he don't listen to nobody. Broner might right. well not have a trainer. Broner comes you know, in and, and just you know. do whatever the hell he wants to do. I got a, 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 a weird uh, that might be perceived as a little weird, but think about this and give me your take. The aggression and the determination, as well as the conditioning and preparation that Ann Wolf puts in Kirkland, you see he's two totally different animals when she's not in his corner. I believe if Ann Wolf trained Broner for a fight and he did everything that she said to get him prepared, he'd be well conditioned, and he would. she knows how to motivate a person in the corner if they listen to him. I believe she can extract some of the things that Broner possessed that he don't even really know he got. And he'll be a much better fighter because you see the difference in Kirkland yeah. without her in his corner and with him. And then as far as Porter, I think Porter got a lot more potential that he can tap upon, but he won't do it as long as his father is training him. I believe they well, well, out on the, right, okay. the extent hey, yo, hold of what on. he's going to Hold on, folks. Yo, hold on, folks. We got two two more people on the line. We got 323218. Three, 
And we got two six seven four five six uh, three two three. State your name or where you're calling from. Yo, what up? This is Marcus from the group, man. The admin and brothers talk boxing. I'm calling from Cali. All right, David. What's going on there, brother? Is this Marcus? my administrator, yeah, Marcus? Say it again. Excuse me. Is yeah. this my administrator, Marcus? Yeah, this is your administrator. What's up, brother? Hey, what's happening, man? Uh, yeah, we we on here chopping it up, man. Uh, I was just uh, speaking on on uh, what do you think about if, if Broner was to actually be trained by Ann Wolf? I think, man. I think that'd be a great idea, man. I think Broner, man. He uh. His trainer, his the trainer he got now. I think his trainer is a good trainer. It's just that Broner is too hot headed, man. He needs somebody in his corner that's gonna actually challenge him to do more than what he feel like he needs to be doing. I think Ann Wolf mm-hmm. would be perfect for that job, man. Because right now I see Broner's career going downhill from here on out. Right, it's slipping away. He especially trying to stay at welterweight. But then also yeah, Porter, I feel like I feel like Porter got a lot more potential, but he'll never tap on it as long as his father is training him. Uh, and yeah, I think exactly. a good trainer for uh, Porter right now would be Virgil Hunter. Yeah, I uh, I, yeah, I think so too. Porter dad, it just Porter dad is gonna just just be his downfall because for one, he he wants to be the star. He he right, did way too right. much talking, and and what he right. did, I don't know if y'all seen what he did to Bronner at the end of the fight when Bronner went to. Uh, Porter and shook his hand. He tried to take his dad's hand. His dad pushed him and said, get the fuck out of here. Go back to your corner. I ain't shaking your hand at all. And, and, bro, and Porter was like, man, why you do that? He's like, you know why I ain't shaking that motherfucking nigga hand. I feel like that was in you, the trainer, dude. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and, and yeah, that, yeah. That's, I mean, that's, that's what's going to hurt Porter. Yeah, but, but I mean, he's trying to be right like... There. He's trying to be he's trying to be like Angel Garcia or like uh Guerrero's dad and I don't know if that's gonna really go too far with him. Uh but real quick, two six and seven, as a black four, man, he don't have that leeway to get away with that. No, he sure don't. Two hey, six seven four five hey, wanna... what's up? How you doing, man? This is Jamil Parker, Philly. Yeah, what's, what's going on, Parker? Jamil? Uh, how y'all doing, man? Uh um I don't me personally, I don't think Porter's that good, man. I didn't all he beat Broner was all he beat Broner on was just pure activity and Broner doesn't throw enough punches. But I didn't see him exactly. land more than five clean shots all night. Like he just puts his head in your chest and just waits for I go by code, but my daddy over there sent it. Oh, okay. Yeah. Hey, what y'all yeah. think Which about one are you Broner conditioning, though? Okay. Oh, Broner conditioning is a lot to be desired. I don't I, to he, me, he I seems don't to fade I, I, in every fight except for the one with Emmanuel Taylor, where it seemed like he got stronger towards then. He was hella gassed early. And I thought, I, did y'all see the media workout, the media day training when um, Chom, when uh, Broner, he invaded uh, Porter's training and he got in the ring and was talking yeah, all that shit? I, yeah. I thought he was drunk. I thought, I'm like, damn, he seemed drunk. I'm like, maybe he just, just how he acts. But getting now I've seen the fight, maybe he oh, was yeah. drunk because he was hella gassed. Either like, he he, he might early. Been, but that but that's, that's, his, that's his demeanor. I'm telling you, he, he, he does that type of stuff. You know, outside of the ring, whether it's it's supposed to be for show or not, because like right. I said, I, I saw him, I saw him mess around with too many people over at Vegas after that uh, Mayweather Pacquiao fight, and that nearly cost him right then. So that's part of the reason why Al Heyman matched him up with uh, Sean Porter was because 
He was just doing too much stuff outside of the ring. Hey, you know, he was just basically checked him on it. Hey, JB, JB, you know? look, you. Yeah. I don't know, though, if that's going to humble that dude, though. Hey, hold on. Hold on. Hey, no, Greg, you were saying something? Okay. AB's biggest problem is it ain't his trainer. It ain't his conditioning. He's not a damn professional. He's not a professional. He's a damn clown. Hey, JB, every time you see him in Vegas, he's parading around trying to party and do all this other shit. A real fighter would have his ass in the damn, in his hotel room. I mean, you got a damn fight. Why are you walking around like a clown, wanting to be loud and sing? Everybody know who you are. I don't give a damn if Ann Wolf trained him or who trains him. Nobody can reach this guy because he's his own worst enemy. It ain't yeah, exactly. Him. Yep. It's him. Exactly. Because if you if you, if you look at it, if you look at it like 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 uh like uh, y'all said that that day where they had the media day when Porter was training and Adrian Broner just went into the ring and just started talking stuff and kept talking and kept talking. Floyd tried to hold him back, and he still wasn't right, listening. Right, And Floyd don't listen to Floyd. Yeah, he don't listen to it, He don't listen to nobody. But if you look at it, right, okay, if you look at, at Porter and them, they conducted themselves like gentlemen. If you look all the way through the process of the media, thing was going great until Adrian wanted to be an asshole towards the end. Everything right. was fine. It was mutual respect. Then towards the end, he wants to be Mr. Big Mouth, and you see what happens. I mean, Adrian is his own. He's his worst enemy. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Uh, he's his worst hey, enemy, man. I agree. I, I want to yeah. get y'all. I want to get y'all brothers an honest opinion on this question about Adrian Broner. I want to know how how good do y'all think Adrian Broner is? Because really. He has not every fighter that he faced that was somewhat elite or elite, he lost to. And we can take it back to Pomp de Leon. He lost that fight. He got to give decision with Pomp de Leon. So. And then, wait, he got to, that, the, you know, if you look at that fight, man, he really lost that fight. And then he got to give decision with uh, Paulie. Paulie, that's the one either way. Oh, we were talking we about that. To Madonna. We see he lost to Madonna and then he lost to Porter. So how good is, is he just hype or, you know what I'm saying? How good is he, though? I think he's not good enough to fight 147 top-level fighters. Right, But I right. think he's damn good at 140 and has so much potential yeah. that it makes right. him lazy because things come to him so easy. So that right. when he does step up and wait and in competition, that, that nonchalant way he does of preparing for a fight, it, it, it shows up on fight night. Whereas he's, uh, he's used to getting away with that half-hearted approach toward fighting, right. fighting the smaller guys. But... I believe his problem is just that he's not 147 at this time on top of all the other things as far as his attitude and professionalism and whatnot. Right. Yeah, he's not, he's not. For him to go from 135 to 1, to just 135 to 147, who's that idea was that? Who? Who? Like, who? That Schaefer? Al Haven? Like, who's this artist to just jump? Two weeks. He, he was one fifty-seven last night. He just jumped to one forty-seven. Like I, I don't. He was one fifty-seven last night, though. Yeah, he rehydrated one fifty-seven, and Porter rehydrated one fifty-one. But real quick, yeah, but, uh, all the gentlemen on this conference call now. How, how many of you or who 
uh, got the number from the posters I just put on Facebook. Yeah, that's I where I got it from, and I call uh, I call right in. But I wanted to make a comment real quick. If it should if be three. Hold on, hold on, hold okay. on. Uh, uh, it should be a, it should be about three from the group, and I'm gonna see what's going on. But two one six uh, two one six eight five four. Y'all right uh, on live. What's it? Hey, what's up, y'all? This is Eddie Big Man. How y'all doing? What's up, bro? Hey, what's happening? Hey, um, yeah, I post all the time on there. But anyway, to make a long story short, um, this is what I think. I think Broner, um, he got a lot of comments and everything, but like I said, he got to be a little bit more sharper. You know what I mean? He got to, you know, he got to take it a little bit more serious. You know what I'm saying? And, um, yeah, and, uh, because like I said, he dropped uh, Porter in the last round and everything like that. But um, I think if he had a did, did the same work he did in the 12th round and earlier round, he won the two. But, you know, he got to check the blame for that. Hold on. We're like not yeah. hearing you there. Uh, but we, we got that last part on, on the cut. Our, our, uh, the question that was raised about Broner is, you know, how, how would he do at the 140-pound uh, division? And uh, for me, I mean, I think he was pretty good, but I, I still see a couple of guys in the 140-pound division that would beat him. Now, yeah. I mean, Garcia is moving up to 147, and I'm seeing that uh, Lamont Peterson will move up to 147. But even with that, I still see a guy like Lucas Matisse checking him, and mm-hmm. if, it, if it, even if it was possible, uh, Terrence Crawford would beat him too. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. See, that's I why I disagree. See, that's why I disagree. A lot of people are just gonna like be negative and just like try to throw Broner to the wolves. And let me explain something to you guys about size and natural size in boxing. So the perfect example I'm gonna use is. Juan Manuel Marquez versus Swan Mayweather when they had the catch weight at 144. Juan Manuel Marquez made the weight, but, but he was really a lightweight, you know what I mean? So that wasn't his real strength, you know what I mean? Broner is a lot smaller than Porter. So when Al Heyman right, called right, in right. And, and, and knocked down the uh, no hydration limit, which goes to tell you how Al Heyman feels about Broner right now, that benefited Porter. So that's why Porter was, was so tired because heavy. he was fighting a football player. That's all Porter does. But he couldn't do that against Brooks. You want to know why? Because nah. Brooks was a natural worthway. So I'm trying to explain to you the difference. It's not on the scale. It's the actual, you know, size of the man. Broner is naturally smaller than Porter. It's not the size on the scale. He right. couldn't do and, that. And, 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 and Broner would bring that and accommodate the size for him to get bigger and remain effective. Yeah. So but it's yeah. not about, oh, he, he weighed 157. He weighed 157. No, that, that doesn't mean anything because I can go drink a big cup of water right now and I could be three, four pounds, uh, uh, you know, uh, heavier right now. The natural yeah. size of Porter is extremely bigger than Broner. That's why Broner needs to stay at 140. When Porter yeah, fought Brook, um, Porter was the weaker man than Brook, and Brook yeah. tapped his tail. And guess what? Thur- uh, uh, Spencer do the same thing because of the Brooke natural the size of the man. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Um, that dude is huge. Porter basically goes in there as a middleweight. He, like his walking weight is like around that one sixty. So yeah, Porter fought a middleweight last yeah, night. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I mean. I disagree with that because Porter was 160, Brunner was 157, and Pacquiao was the smallest fighter Floyd fought since 2009. Everybody mm-hmm. Floyd fought. Been Y'all bigger. not listening to my point. Y'all not listening to my point. I understand okay. what you're saying, brother. Okay. Well, also, I mean, I want to make sure we definitely uh, get into the uh, 
coming out party or the recoming out party of the Son of God. Because I thoroughly was impressed oh, yeah, with Ward. Yeah, Ward looked good. His performance yeah, we'll, we'll, last night after a 19-month layoff. And one thing yeah, I gathered out of that is we won't be seeing a Triple G Andre Ward. No. Like, Hell no. No one's so far that. Ward did not right, 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 at all. Right. And now that he's Ward, back he in action, out of that European. I think that uh, Triple G <laughs> is going to definitely avoid him. And, yeah, uh, and, uh, and also when it comes to having that fight on BET, I think it was a great thing on behalf of Rock Nation to introduce Porter to the black community because thereby says he's not a draw or anything. I believe he'll have war, a draw war. to the point where that won't be an excuse for people to avoid him and whatnot. Right, and then right. Well, I heard, the black I heard the attendance I'm glad seven. that uh, they put it together on BET, and right. hopefully they, that'll be the beginning of some more fights on BET. Yeah, right. You don't necessarily what have to be what was the on the uh, on routine the sports channels. Between seven to eight now, Heyman has changed the game. Okay. I haven't seen this much uh, good boxing with elite fighters what? on television since I used to watch boxing on TV in the seventies with Wide World of Sports. Right, right. Yeah, that's true. That's All true. Right, that's uh, really we got true. about we got about uh, like yeah. uh, six minutes. We got about six minutes left uh, until we go into overtime, and after we go into overtime, nobody can call in. So if you want to get in, get in at three four seven two three seven five five three nine. All right, you could um. I, I guess we could like transition over to that of uh, Andre SOG Ward over Paul Smith, and, and that was basically that was all that was was talking about Andre Ward. So he was able to. You know, score score at will. It was only not to happen. Um, it was that uh, the catch was at one fifty-two. Paul Smith definitely didn't make that, and he wasn't he wasn't in shape at all for this. But he still didn't have a chance whether he made weight or not. Um, after this, uh, they're they're saying that Ward will probably go back down to super middleweight. And, uh, you know, extend his career there. But it was like y'all said, there's no way that Triple G will be able to face Andre Ward as a middleweight. Right. And and, and it's a shame because uh, Andre Ward is on a mission, and uh, there's always people talking about he should move up. And and, uh, suddenly he's been perceived as a bad guy, so to speak, with the way he's being treated from the novices and the haters, who who usually, I say, have a racial bias. And that's the only reason why you can complain about – uh, Andre Ward, they're mad at him because he wants to fight the white hype. But he's in but that's a mission. What's funny. To, uh, he wants yeah, to get rid of funny. all this uh, so-called European dominance. He wants right, to whoop right. Triple G. Then he's going to go up to 175, expose and beat down Kovalev. If, and and right. that's what he wants to do. And and he, der- he deserves the right to call out Triple G. And Triple G Absolutely. set himself up for that when he when him and his camp said he'll fight anybody from 154. One sixty eight. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't like Triple G don't even want to fight Laura. Laura be calling him out. Bradley just called him out. He said he fighting him on six. A lot of them. A lot of them folks. But called let me ask y'all this: on 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 a serious tip, brothers. When it comes to resumes, the same type of resume that Deontay Wilder used to get raked over the coals for is identical to. Oh man, you know the reason why. Triple G is doing right now. Don't be asking no rhetorical questions now. You already know the answer. Yeah, we are. Yeah. 
Yep. We already know. Come on now. All right, we got you know, uh, we so. got, hey folks, we got eight one three nine eight four. Just uh introduce uh introduce yourself to the group there, eight one three nine eight four. This Cell man. This Cell man. Host CMC Firestorm, man. I'm here. All right, all right, yeah, yeah. We just uh, going over, you know, triple triple G's resume and how <laughs> and how we just like say, come on, man, you 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 can't. He can't be calling out like Cotto and Canelo and, and and Andre Ward when you ain't even beat like you know you had uh, Lemieux that just fought his uh, that middleweight title fight in Montreal, and that was a that was actually that was the best fight that they had this weekend was that Lemieux. Uh, Versus uh, and Dom and Jikum. Uh, knocked down Jikum uh, four times during the fight and showed like a lot of good skills in there. And, and I'm saying, mm-hmm. hey, if if uh, Oscar De La Hoya doesn't want to put Canelo against Triple G next year, then hey, why not put um, Triple G against De- uh, Lemieux right now? I mean, well, you know, I, I, ain't got I, nothing I, to do. Judging by the pattern of which. Triple G's uh, opponents have been, he's going to find some journeyman tomato can or has been to continue on his path. Because, no, no, I'm not trying to be funny because he's getting a, he's getting a pass for this. And, I mean, there's even actually, there was even actual talk of him being fighter of the year. And all time. Oh, my God. But you, what? But when you, ask, when you ask people who take that position, especially in, in, in a lot of the groups on Facebook, when you ask, well, whoever he fought, then that's when the racial attacks and all kind of things happen. When because a lot of times when you ask people those questions, they don't like the answer. But right. he hadn't fought nobody. At least Wilder, everybody's saying he was hyping, just was a knockout artist. He won a title by a decision over Styburn, and he just is what he is. I, and I believe that Wilder will not get a fight with Klitschko because. Let's go for the last 10 years been fighting these Peter McNeely type dudes who've been able to keep out on the end of his jab because his yeah. shoulders didn't check too much when he got with Emmanuel Stewart, and Emmanuel Stewart helped him utilize his reach and his height, which wouldn't be an right. advantage for him against somebody like Wilder. Uh, and I believe Wilder is right. him out. Uh, All right, real quick, we got uh, 609-349 on the line. Uh, speech name, where you calling from? Yeah, this is Brian McCall. I'm calling from Jersey right now. Well, I'm in Philly right now. What's up, Brian? All right, Brian. What's good, good, brother? What's good? Oh, man. I'm not at work yeah. right now. I'm pushing that big-ass limo, but uh, I hear y'all. <laughs> I hear y'all. I disagree. Yeah. Right now, Crisco will fight Wilder right now. Looking at Wilder's last performance, Crisco will burn him up right now. Well, that would be Crisco's yeah. best bet. The no, but that what, I mean, Crisco's getting old, man. Crisco last performance, he held like a motherfucker. Yeah, but he was taking shots, man. He was taking shots, too, though. All right, we'll see. He don't take that heat from Wilder. And Wilder will give him that heat. He got a longer reach. He's tall as him. And all Mm -hmm. the advantages that Klitschko been utilizing since he had started to box from under the tutelage he had learned how to box under uh, Stewart. I think that... uh, all that is boy right, against going Wilder. Over I believe Wilder is knocking straight out. No, I'm gonna tell you why. Right Wilder ain't calling Tyson Fury. No. I mean, Tyson Fury would be giving a better fight than Crisco. I'm gonna be honest with you. Wilder, Wilder doesn't know how to control his distance. Until Wilder no, learns how to control his distance, <laughs> I mean, when, when you watch Wilder, man, Wilder smothers his punches. Man, look at his last fight. 
I mean, Wilder, the moment when Mark Breland can get Wilder hey, to fight from, from, from a distance, to what? he will do better. To what? Maybe a to what? Gospel or old uh, Yeah, I'm there. I'm there. getting some feedback. All right, yeah, continue there, Greg. Um, like I said, Wilder's biggest problem is, man, he don't know how to control his distance, man. If Wilder ever learn how to fight from from his his and utilize his reach, he will be a dangerous opponent. Hey, right now, Clisco will expose him right now because, man, he comes in so close where his punches have no effect. One thing that Emmanuel Stewart did with them Clisco boys, because if you remember when they fought the Chris Bird and they and they fought the guys, Chris Bird exposed one of them, and then Layman Bruce exposed the other. One thing, one thing. Don't give uh, Emmanuel Stewart taught them was to fight from a distance, and they so long if they fight from a distance, you can't touch them. As soon as you come in, what they do? They they got their hands oh, so and they stick their arms out. Right. I've never right. seen anybody try to come in on Clisco. I've seen all his opponents as of lately sit outside, cooperate, so to speak. And well, accept it ain't, it ain't, it ain't, from the long jab. Hey, listen, if he's that they can't do anything that he's so long. Okay, that's fine. Because like they can't get in, in that reach. They're right, all too little. Right, and I think right. that size will be a factor if he fought Wilder. I believe okay. all, all, all someone has to do is check Clisco's chin. It's a known listen. documented fact. It's fragile. Even journeyman right. Ross Peretti knocked right. him out. I, 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 I go yeah. along with that. And Wilder does have a good jab, but what Wilder has a lot of flaws, brother. Wilder is a good. I like Wilder. You know what I'm saying? But Wilder, he better not fight Clisco for probably 2016. Some. No, Clisco will be an old man, and his excuse will be, "I'm too old and I'm getting ready to retire." That needs to happen now. You don't become a heavyweight champion and then need tune-ups fights. Once you become a heavyweight right champion and you get a piece of that crown, your mission from that point should be to unify. There's no need for him to get tune-up fights. I, 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 I agree with, I disagree with that wholeheartedly. To say that a champion needs tune-up fights is an oxymoron. If, if you look at what, what, what did he just do? I mean, he won the title and then he fought somebody that was vaguely unknown, right? Okay, so right. what was that? I mean, so that was the person that was getting the payday after they get the belt. I always uh, allow that luxury to fighters. Right, okay. Once you get that title, you don't have to jump right back into the fire. You might want to uh, uh, defend your, your title in a, from a right side perspective and get some money. If they fight, if they fight in 2015, Clisco will beat them right now. You got it. Wilder makes too many mistakes, bro. He's not ready for Crisco right now. I'd rather see. I mean, I'd rather I think see. what he has that will overcome those mistakes is the power and the distance. And I believe that he can touch Crisco. All he had to do is touch Crisco because Crisco is fragile. Hold on, y'all. Listen, bro. Hold on. Which, one, okay. which fight would you rather see right now? Wilder against Crisco or Wilder against uh, Fury or... Um, because Pavekin's the number one contender well, for the WBC. Fury is clown to me. I want to yeah, see Wilder that, fight Klitschko. Because Klitschko got a belt. It'll help you fight the heavyweight division. JB, listen to me. The brother just made a, a great point. If, if if Wilder can learn to fight from his uh, his distance, 
Yeah, he would be a good fight against Cisco, but he don't use his distance, man. Wilder comes in and he... But we don't know what he would do in camp to prepare for a fight with Cisco because he hasn't fought anybody that's equal to him in height and reach. So, and I'm sure so what, that he would be prepared right. to do that. He's not going to fight okay. Cisco the same way so he just fought that bum he fought. I would hope so that. you're saying I mean, the, main point, the main point with Wilder... The main point with Wilder is he basically trains or fights to the level of his opponent. So the way that right. he trains and fights against a guy like um, like where, when he won the WBC championship is different than when he trained for his last fight. Because he knew yeah, he because when he fought Tyburn for the title, everybody was talking about he, right. came, he can't win a decision and all that. Oh, he and good. he won a decision, won the heavyweight cross, uh, title from a, a credible opponent. Right. He took a hey. distance. What do y'all think about this um, Danny Garcia, Paulie Marginali fight? Is that a cherry pick or what? Bogus. Paulie, Paulie Marginali, Danny Garcia, all the first. Is that a cherry pick or? I can't do that. I can't say that that's a fight that I would look forward to because of uh, the, the actual fact. Paulie Marginali, to me, is a damn good announcer, uh, commentator. And he uh, gives us a strong opinions on fighting from an honest perspective and, and from a perspective of some know-how being a former fighter. But for him to be in contention for anything at this particular time, I thought he had already uh, retired. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, I, mean, be, I mean, I'll just put it this way, man. You can't, you can't necessarily find any other guy at welterweight to try to get somebody that's moving up to start off with. Um, you know, other than other than Malinaji, because he's not one that's known for knockout power. Uh, he doesn't, you know, give enough activity to give you fits as far as, like, hit you. I mean, he can move around a lot, but he doesn't, like, throw enough to give, you know, someone like a Danny Garcia too much damage. So it's not like he's in there against Matisse again or in there against Lamont Peterson. So someone like Devin Alexander... Or Devin Alexander, you know, would would give him much trouble. But yeah, we, Devin we Alexander. I'm not gonna call him a bum, but when the stage gets big, he freezes. <laughs> same way he looked against Khan, was tantamount to the same way he did before he quit against Bradley. Devin Alexander is like. Yo, the thing that means how Jerry did Khan a run for his money, and 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 and, and old boy didn't. Devin didn't. That's what I mean. But but back to back to the Danny uh my uh Pauly fight. Now I mean Danny my whole boy. I fucks with Danny. But Danny should have went back and uh, rematch uh Peterson. Because that shit that shit still gonna be questionable. Everybody still gonna think, well, Peterson Peterson got robbed. Peterson did it. Now Peterson he did get Danny with some shit. He put Danny up. I ain't gonna lie here. Like I said, he's my boy. I can't stand by it. But he was oh, yeah. in the early rounds to win that fight. Shit. I, 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 so I think I missed that. Get Herrera rematch. That's the case. Herrera whooped his ass. Hey, hey. Yeah, now, Herrera did beat Garcia. You got two questionable bouts right there. You got two. I'm not a big Danny Garcia fan because, like I say, I follow amateurs with a passion. And then the yeah. Nationals against Crawford, he got a 20 to 21 decision over him. Mm-hmm. And actually, in my estimation, Crawford won that fight. I'm not a Crawford. I'm not a Garcia fan either. 
But, uh, yeah, yeah. Because one thing about Crawford, I didn't think he was ever going to be in the pros because at the time when he was amateur, hey. there was always talk in, in gyms and in circles right. that he had one hand and uh-huh. one hand put in the street, one foot in the gym. And the street was calling, and he seemed like he was about ready to answer. But I always right, knew right. that he was a great fighter because I don't know how many times he beat Marcy, Mikey Garcia as an uh, amateur. But once he did get his opportunity to get some exposure, he capitalized on it. Now he's getting some money, and he's dedicated to the sport. And people always compare him to a young Thomas Hearns. I don't. I just say that the way they can reach that conclusion is because of the size. But when it comes to comparing Crawford to somebody historically, I don't know who I would compare him with. I would just respect the fact that he's carving out his own niche. He got a, he got a Thomas Hearns jab. Right, so hey. That's the one thing. All right, y'all. Hey, real quick. Um, I had uh, I had uh, something scheduled uh, for today. I had uh, you know, heavyweight prospect Travis Walker that was uh, scheduled to call in, but he couldn't really make it. So I'm gonna see if I can schedule him in for next week. Uh, to be on. Uh, next week. So, um, let me see uh, here. Hold on. Um, now next. Oh, who's that? Oh, but real quick, going back on um, on Garcia, right? You know, if there's like a fight that he could have at 147, I got a fight that would work at 147. Let's have a rematch with Amir Khan since Amir Khan wants to speak about trying to fight Floyd Mayweather. Why don't he try to avenge that knockout loss to Danny Garcia? If he could do that, then... Garcia beat him twice, though. That ain't gonna... You know what I'm saying? He beat him twice. Garcia like chin check, though. Yeah, he beat him twice, though, the first time. He yeah, he beat him one. Talking about amateur or something? No, no. You know what? That was um, the other dude. The other dude. Uh, fucking Eric Morales. My bad. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That was Eric Morales. Yeah. You know, people keep talking people. about how Khan don't have a chin. I don't know anybody who takes shots flush on the chin might get knocked out. Khan just don't have no defense, and he think he gives himself too much credit for his boxing style, and he gets too free, opens himself up. And he yep. he don't have no good defense. It's not a shin. It's his lack of defense. I mean, now, he ain't got no chin, though, dog. <laughs> Chris, 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 he really don't have no punching. Like, I mean, he got good uh, hand speed, but, like, he like it's like hitting with pillows uh, or something, uh, man. Frank was facing. Kirk Franklin's face. Yeah, he's a face. Or the uh, enlightened face. Yeah. So, I mean, he. Well, they, they talk was, on satellite radio. They talk on satellite radio. Yeah, the, uh, the thing is. Um, I said they, they talk were, on satellite radio. Let me see if I could uh, do this yeah. real quick. Hold they, on. They, they do. Um, hold on, real quick. So, um, uh, what I was going to say about um, Amir Khan is he was basically a. Uh, yeah, pillow fisted because a lot of times he was hitting. He was hitting um, Chris Algieri in that fight. There was like nothing that really stunned hey, Algieri. You know, made him. I haven't seen you. Made him do that. I just moved hey, back who, here. Was, how you doing, in, Terry? Who's in online? I've been staying down in Indianapolis. In a Yeah. Oh yeah, that's a that was a small thing. Um, but yeah, like I was saying about Amir Khan is that he. He was like hitting Chris Algieri and scoring scoring punches, but there was nothing that he that he showed that gave 
Algeri, you know, much trouble. Nothing that really stunned him or anything at all. You know what I mean? Algeri right. gave him trouble, if anything. I, I didn't see. Yeah. I didn't respect that. Kind of had to respect that. Even though Algeri didn't have no power on it, he, he had to respect his punch. Because them punches were tagging the shit out of him. Hey, what's that? Yeah. Who do y'all think? Who, who do y'all think uh, Mayweather next opponent gonna be? Because he keeps throwing out uh, Andre Berto and Kareem Mayfield, which I think is a joke. But he said it's serious, and I don't yeah, think he, he, wanna, he said that's he said what he's gonna do. He said that he, that those are gonna be the two guys, uh, Kareem yeah, Mayfield and Berto. He throws out people like that, like when he was talking about he was gonna fight Jermaine Taylor. You know, he does yeah. that. He just gave <laughs> you, but. I no, think that boy that deserved the right, I never heard earned the right that out of to fight whoever he chooses. And if you want to fight Berto or Kareem, so be it. He, he, he wants to like fight. He's had two big wars with Madonna. He conquered what people always saying would be his legacy fight against mm-hmm. Pacquiao, which turned out actually to be one of his more easier fights. I yeah. think he deserved the right. If he want to fight Al Jerry or Rios or somebody, I have no problem with it. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I don't need that. Yeah, that's true. He has to tell in his career. He done been through all the wars. So he, he can I don't think he's going to fight Keith Thurman. Right. No, no, I don't no, think he's going to no, fight no. Keith Thurman, Kell Brook, or Spence. Because, you know, Spence, when, yeah, they when, think. None of them were the Roy Spence. Honestly. Well, Spence roughed rough him up in uh, training camp. They said Spence blacked his eye and he sent Spence home. And then Floyd admitted, like, that boy gave me some work. So I don't think Floyd want to go that route. He's more so trying to take him under his wing. I believe after a 19-year legendary career and a record amount of Hall of Famers and, and uh, future Hall of Famers and champions on his resume, Floyd can fight anybody. As long as he don't go calling out any lightweights or anything, I'm cool with it. Yeah. But if I could really match him up against somebody right now, I would like to see him... And, and people may not like this, but I would like to see him fight either your boy, um, to give him a payday. Uh, I think Berto deserves a payday. Who? Boy's well, been trying to pay that dude for years now. Yep. He was ready yep. to give him that yep. payday, but Berto lost against Ortiz. Then he was willing cool. to give Berto that payday, and he yep. lost to Guerrero. And I just think that Boyd needs to let a brother get a payday. Yeah, give it to a brother. I, I agree. Give yeah, that to a brother. Yeah, because all it is is the Mayweather sweepstakes, and he's in the position that whoever he feels like blessing with a Mayweather payday, he has the right to do so. And I'm just pro-black. Many people call me racist because I'm pro-black. I subscribe to 50 years of a life, Bob, but I think that he should keep the money in the black community and fight someone like Berto or Peterson. Or said, yeah, I remember a different black uh, say Floyd don't fight black welterweight, but he's been brilliantly marketing himself and melting the Mexican crowd and, and melting the haters that doubles basically sometimes pay-per-view numbers. Like now with with with, with uh, Broner getting beat last so night, bad. he'll still be a draw because people are gonna pay to hope that they can see him get laid out. Yo, we'll see in there uh, what was going on with that one. I mean, he, I mean, uh, you got Berto out there. He's you know he's Haitian and he, he was uh, you know residing in Florida and that was the whole thing with um, Berto was. Because Berto could have fought uh, Shane Mosley years ago, but the thing that happened with the uh, 
with the earthquake that happened in Haiti, that kind of, you know, nixed that fight. So right. he he hasn't really had, you know, that big type of fight or that high-profile fight. And once he, you know, had his little slugfest with Victor Ortiz and lost that, and then he, you know, lost the fight against uh, Ghost Guerrero, that, like, nixed him from fighting for Mayweather earlier than now. So I as well just say, hey, you could get your... um. You could get your fight with Floyd Mayweather. I mean, you've had it, you know, on the on the table for years. So why not, you know, why not have it now? Yeah. I, I, I see I the little fella get his uh, payday. I was uh, hyped on him back up in like oh oh eight and everything, but he just not what I thought he was. Every time he's had an opportunity, put himself in the position for Mayweather payday, and so I mean, it is what it is with him. But you can call it racist or whatever, but as far as from my perspective of being pro-black, I would like to see Floyd offer one of them paydays to some brothers to the out there brothers. that's in the game. Right. But you know what, Jamal, I, I agree with you on that, Jamal, but I'm going to keep it real. I would love to see Floyd go out on this farewell fight against GGG because he's going to beat that boy so easy. And this is another fight that everybody thinks, you know, it's always another Floyd. First, after, after he beat GGG, they're going to ask him to fight the Avengers. There's always somebody new that can't be. Well, I understand that. Floyd ain't got to prove nothing to nobody. He's not coming up. You always hear the young casuals and and haters trying to treat Floyd like he got another obstacle to climb. Floyd can rest on his laurels right now. And I wouldn't give a middleweight that hasn't fought anybody of relevance a Mayweather payday, no matter what. (laughs) Triple G calling out welterweights and whatnot. It just shows that he's a, a punk, as far as I'm concerned. He got too many fights yeah. sitting on the table at 168, even if he is a scared or afraid of Ward, that he could be fighting. And at 165 pounds when he fought in the Olympics, he has no problem going to 168. If, he, if yeah, he's not he going to fight Laura, uh, Ward, or Canelo, or Cotto, then fight Kid Chocolate. That will be a good fight for him. But a good name, you know what I'm saying? If you beat Kid Chocolate... Then people going to be like, okay, GGG is about something. But damn, you know, you got to get in there with somebody. Kid Chocolate would be a good opponent for him. Hey, yeah, but he don't deserve a Mayweather payday. That's off the table as far as I'm concerned. All right, hey, y'all, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with a, a little break here right quick. Um, I'm going to have, uh, you know, a couple of commercials to run, and then I'm going to go through some news, and then we'll talk about the news topics that I have. So just uh, bear with me for a minute, y'all, all right? All right, man. All right. All right, hold on. The Cohort Truth on Sports every Tuesday at 8:30 p.m. on the MRM Broadcasting Channel on Blog Talk Radio. The Executioner Matthew Long talks about different topics in sports, which include football, basketball, baseball, hockey, boxing, and more. The Executioner also invites special guests to talk about different topics within the sports world. So be sure that you catch the Cohort Truth on Sports. Every Tuesday night at 8.30 p.m. on the MRN Broadcasting Channel on Blog Talk Radio. Football talk like you've never heard it before. Possibly one of the funniest podcasts in sports today. That's right, the CMT Firestorm Football Talk Show every Wednesday night at 8.30 p.m. right here on Blog Talk Radio. We have Cali Mike, Shottown, 
Call Cell Mathis and the Mouth of the South, Tony Watley. They give you a different perspective of football that may not be found anywhere else. You may also catch the callers with some classic lines as well. There's a black <laughs> What is it? Uh, I don't, I what is it? Up. I don't know exactly what it is off the top of my head. Okay, you're, I, I know you're in front of your computer right now. Look it up. I'm about to look it up right now, all right? <laughs> national blackout level. I never said national blackout level, liar. <laughs> yes, you did. Yes, you did. Yes, you did. No, I didn't. <laughs> okay, black, okay, black, Florida blackout level. Whatever blackout level you want to look up, look it up. You can't compare a fifth-year quarterback to a 20-year quarterback. How do you compare Cam Newton to Peyton Manning? That's impossible. I don't even think Cam Newton's going to get a contract extension. Tampa Bay Buccaneers are the worst franchise in the National Football League. The worst franchise in the National Football League. The difference between Jameis Winston, Matt Ryan, and Cam Newton is Jameis Winston has the ability to lead a team to a championship. Once again, people, the CMT Firestone Football Talk Show every Wednesday night on the MRM Broadcasting Network. Jameis Winston is just stupid. All right, we're back here on the... Yeah, we're back here live on the uh, Box Radio here. We got about, probably about 40 minutes of overtime left here. You know, we're going to go through, um, you know, news that is happening around the sport of boxing uh, real quick. Uh, we did go through the thing about, you know, Errol Spence and how Floyd said that Errol Spence is ready to, for uh, fighting Thurman right now, and Thurman's response was basically that, that was an insult to him or a show of disrespect. So uh, we're going to see if we, we're we going to figure out why he says that. Uh, so that's one thing. Uh, the other thing uh, was that uh, WBO middleweight champion Andy Lee will be going up against Billy Joe Saunders uh, in Ireland for the WBO middleweight championship. That's going to be uh, you know scheduled for September 12th. Uh, so he'll be defending his championship in Ireland, which is probably uh, first there for a uh, home, uh, you know, a home country guy to defend his title in uh, Ireland. So we'll be uh, watching out for that. Uh, the other news was uh, coming up from last week. The LA Times reported that, you know, the possible fight between Miguel Cotto and Saul Canelo Alvarez will be on uh, November 21st or November 28th. Sites are basically the usual sites, uh, either in New York City, uh, you know, Dallas or Houston, Texas, or basically at the MCM Grand Garden Arena. So those are the three main things that are happening uh, within this quarter So um, is there like anything else that I want to discuss on with uh, those three topics? Uh, I ain't really. I- did you did you did you cover did you uh hear about the uh, also the the fight between Rios and uh, uh well it's two fights you didn't say that's also Rios, that's Kill down Brooke. there Kell Brook and Rios yeah that's, I mean they were talking about done. Was, um, yeah 90%, yeah yeah it wasn't it wasn't they necessarily done. a lock yet but um that was uh, also to to have on there. So we'll be then, we'll, uh, we'll be on the lookout for that one. 
I, and I don't know how serious this Mike Tyson and James Tony fight is, but I've been hearing a lot of websites before that. Uh, that, 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 that one ain't serious. That one ain't serious. I don't see that one happening. Not at all. But not that's even, why we need to have a that's why we need to have a boxer pension fund, so we don't even hear mess like that. <laughs> For real. Good <laughs> idea. The news needs some money, that's all. Tyson is James Tony. Somebody just say that? Like, really? <laughs> I thought I was high or something. <laughs> Tyson is James Tony. Yeah, no, I mean, really? it, it, yeah, yeah, that was that was a uh, news. That was news that was on somebody's website a few days ago. Like they said that Mike Tyson and James Tony were, you know. To me, that's China. just like George Foreman and Larry Owens fighting right now. I, 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 can yeah, exactly. I can see them having them in competition or eating chicken or some shit, but I can't see them in the ring. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, James Tony said it, man, on the uh, Ellie Setback uh, YouTube channel. He was interviewing him. He said it. Yeah. Like, he was saying he was serious, so he was saying that somebody just said that shit. <laughs> he was saying that it's, 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 they talk right now that it's 90% done and... I was, you know, really, right Nate, I ain't heard nothing from Tyson. I don't know, no, I don't know nobody that's going to watch your Jericho yeah, fight, man. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. That's, yeah, I don't see anything being serious about a, about a James Tony and Mike Tyson fight. Nah, nah. That's the Jericho fight, man. Like, a, like like they said with that whole thing with um Mitt Romney and and, and Evander Holyfield, like man, even that was charity. Like that was, that one was ridiculous to jump, you know what I mean? Shit, that's crazy. So I so I feel the same way about so I feel the same way about this James Tony Mike Tyson thing. That ain't gonna happen, man. They wouldn't even dare do that, but. I, I do know that, you know, a few weeks ago, there was uh, that whole like thing with uh, Oscar De La Hoya. Remember that uh, whole thing with Oscar De La Hoya? Uh, they yeah. said that they were trying Well, Triple G was the thing that, uh, where, where, they, where they interviewed him on camera uh, when he was going to this park. And also they were talking about, you know, him, Roy Jones, Bernard Hopkins, and Shane Mosley. Okay. It's a new era in boxing, man. It's not that he's just going to let these young guys have it, man. You see, Mayweather, he, he, he already know. That's why he's like, I'm going to really pick up my titles at these young dudes. It's a new era, man. You know what I'm saying? These yeah. Roy Jones, Bernard, all of them. Go. But they need the money, though. Whereas Floyd put himself in a position that this transition from the ring is going to be a promoter. So he's locked in to the money. Yeah. Right, and he's, you know, without Heyman. And, and the other thing about Oscar is that, you know, I've heard that a lot of a lot of his high-profile guys are being signed, signed by Oscar um, and, other, and other promotional companies. So we really just didn't have that much left. That's what I heard. Yeah, because a lot of his fighters, a lot of Golden Boys fighters, you know, most of them, they signed the Golden Boy because of Richard Schaefer. Yep. Because of Richard Schaefer. Because they like the way Richard Schaefer basically set up fights and, you know, get your name out there. Oscar, Oscar well, yeah, I was, man, handling yeah. the Golden Boy because 
Oscar basically became a figurehead. Uh, yeah. Schaefer even said that Oscar was never in any meetings or anything. Mm-mm. He yeah. was just a face. Yeah, no. He was just a face. And then also, too, people like Schaefer and Heyman and all other people like that that's making it happen in boxing. Realistically, who wants to work under a crackhead? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Not only a crackhead, exactly. a tranny.
Because you know, I feel pretty. Because, no, I, I'll take it a step further. I believe that night when you're dressing like a bitch and letting that woman take pictures of him, I wouldn't be surprised if she was rubbing dildos up in his ass and everything that night. Yep, he probably came over with some old shit now. He's wearing pampers. Hey, hey, yeah, that one was that was that was real funny, man, real funny. Oh, oh, I was uh, go to, going to see that um, on um, the PBC on CBS that was on earlier today, where um, Bartolome, uh got his win over Demarco. I noticed that they had uh, another another card coming up real soon with uh, our favorite guy, um, Julio Cesar Chavez Jr. And <laughs> And then uh, but my thing was my thing with Chavez after his last fight, oh man, I, I, I still can't forget it to this day. When when they had that weigh in for um Mayweather and Pacquiao and some of us like hung out after after that weigh in and, and then we saw all the commentators and then we figured out when we saw um Chavez out there and we just like just went on of we were just on him for like endless minutes. We were like, Why you quit? Why you quit? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, Yo, that boy's a pothead, man. It ain't, it ain't nothing wrong with smoking yeah, pot, but that yeah, dude right there. Listen, I smoke pot. I yeah, I'm going to like to hang out with Chavez one time because I'm, I'm the biggest weed head in the world. Oh, no, bro. I, I got that West Indian me, shit. I'm the yeah, yeah. Better, better, better night, shit. See, I'm yeah, from I mean, here yeah. in Indiana. That yeah, bitch, yeah. weed here. I'm, I'm at home for the next few weeks. We have a black expo, boxing tournament, and everything that we're sponsoring here. But I'll be going back awesome. to where I live at now in Hawaii. And I'll tell you, that's okay. the best weed in the world. Yeah, you ain't ne- you ain't never lied because my wife used to live in Hawaii and she used to get fucked up. She don't get fucked up no more because they ain't got that type of weed over here. <laughs> no, I remember the first time I smoked some weed in Hawaii. It was like I had got high for the first time. Sheesh. <laughs> and we, we, and they, we and they got the Reggie over there. That dirtball cheek. I mean, I know we shouldn't be talking about this, but I love weed next to water and food. <laughs> hey, man. Hey, that dispensary weed they got we out of Cali, that's the only reason they got a month. Hey, somebody like Chavez will bring that out of you, because, I mean, that dude Chavez Jr. would rather be like Shaggy from the Scooby-Doo series than to be a boxer, man. I mean, come on. No, hey, Jamal, he, hey, Chavez rather be like Ricky Williams. <laughs> he rather be like there Ricky Williams. Go. Remember that's that? a good one right there, like Ricky. <laughs> But Chavez was basically thrust into this because of his name and whatnot. He grew up with a gold and silver spoon because his daddy had money. He, he's not dedicated. No, he's not. And, and one of the most important and significant ingredients in weed is not the THC. The most powerful component of marijuana is uh, something called fuck it. Because whenever you smoke some weed, good weed, it makes you say fuck it. If you post a oh, yeah. study and go to school, you'll say fuck it. If you want to, if you want to go to work, you smoke some good weed, you say fuck it. If you post you a train, you just say fuck it. 
I don't give a fuck about right. nobody. I'm oh, hungry God. right now. That doesn't mix with professionalism you wanna, you, and being on top of your game at the zero. level in which Chavez is in boxing. Right. We, he was so high against... <laughs> He was so high against Sergio Martinez, that nigga realized he was in a boxing fight in the 12th round. And that's when he knocked him down three times. Hey, y'all, you know, yeah, when Sergio was pushing him off, you know? Hey, yo, man. It's a problem. You know, when Sergio was pushing him off, you know? He was smelling that shit. Oh, man. Come on, what are you doing? Cush your OG. That nigga was just like, you know what? That nigga just like, you know what? His daddy used to hang out with the uh with the cocaine uh, king kingpin. Uh, what's his name? Kingpin. Escobar. 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 Yeah, that he probably put some of that 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 shit up in that weed, that Colombian up in that weed. Hey, I wouldn't be surprised, yeah. yo. Cocaine's a hell of a drug. His daddy did it. His daddy did it. Yeah, he probably did put him on that man. That that's. Yeah, that's crazy. I ain't going to hurt you. Know, you you know how weed is in uh, West Indies, right? Cocaine oh, yeah. is like that to the Mexicans, yo. Yeah, yeah. We need to, hey, you know what, though? I got. I don't want to say the subject real quick, but I need to say this real quick, Jamal. You you need to do a show, because everybody always talking about this era of boxing and the golden era of boxing. Them niggas in the golden era... They ducked and picked fighters just like these dudes did nowadays. It just was it's more oh. prevalent now. You know it's what I'm saying? Just, like, yeah. Yeah, well, like, we need Raymond Brewster, if we uh, were able to get him to call in and have yeah. uh, and participate in that yeah. discussion, because put it in, he broke it down as far as this uh, error talk better than anybody I've ever heard before. And a lot of times that error talk is an excuse to not give the props to the people that's running things right now. Because yeah, we're right. talking about, like, for example, Duran, what elite fighter did he beat at welterweight? He beat Sugar Ray when Sugar Ray fought his fight. But when Sugar Ray fought the right fight, he made him quit. Hearn he lost, down there he decapitated him and made him defecate right. on himself when he was laying there because Hearn said he thought he had killed him. Because the old boy had shitted on himself when he was laying there. And you know when you die, you shit on yourself. Yeah. But you hear him say, oh, he won 11 straight title fights against who, though? You know what I'm saying? That's you know, my when, point. They, when they say that about the Rams, yeah. they don't Floyd has a resume full of champions and future Hall yeah, of Famers. But yeah. then, they, then try, they try to discredit the error. How long uh, did Hearn defend his title? How many, how many times did uh, Hagler beat? He, what, won about 17 some fights in a row against who, though? Yeah, you know exactly. Right. And, 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 and that's why I hate that double standard. Every fight Floyd fights, he's fighting people that outweigh him and everything. But there's nothing he can do to please people. For this era or yeah. any era, they and, 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 and they the they they say they believe that uh, Mayweather Jr. was a factor at 147 and especially lightweight in any era. People talk about Duran as the greatest lightweight fighter of all time. But Escobar beat him at a lightweight. Right. Floyd yeah. actually and, uh, beat Greg, more champions hey, Greg, than Ali. Hey, uh, hey, hey, Greg, Greg brought up the point of, like, back in the day, even with the heavyweights, it was that, you know, Ali was there. And of course, you had, uh, you know, your um, your Frasers and your Foremans. But basically, mm -hmm. other than that, who did he really fight? You know, if you think about you know, it. A lot of times, though, fellas, tell me if I'm wrong on this. The people who use that argument... 
are mostly casuals who haven't been in a game lately. Right. What, that Floyd ain't fought nobody? Right, because yeah. they, they Floyd yeah, been fighting professionally since 96. A lot of these casuals didn't start watching boxing until Pacquiao's steroid ring. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yep. Floyd, but look, see, that's the thing about the Ali and Floyd talk. You can either you're gonna go by who's the greatest from skill level or from a statistical standpoint. Floyd Mayweather beat more champions than Ali. You know what I'm well, saying? Well, I always say like this, Marcus. Ali by all means is the greatest. For a lot of reasons that outside of the ring that makes him the greatest, and he and he was a damn good fighter. But it's hard to argue against perfection. And there's a the difference between the best ever and the greatest. Right. Yeah, but I, I mean, I'm just, I'm, 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 you know, I'm 32. I'm probably a lot younger than y'all. And I'm gonna just say this, y'all probably let me have it or whatever. But I'm just gonna say it. That rope dough was the stupidest technique ever used in boxing. Y'all think my, y'all really think Muhammad Ali is the greatest of all time? I no, I think Floyd is the best ever. I think Muhammad Ali is the greatest as a title that he gets out of respect. I think that Rupert was so he was robbed of his prime with that draft shit. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. That that, that always coming coming to play because them years off, you we don't know exactly what he would have done. At the same time, there was there was a, there was a, 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 a basically a competition for his belt. Hey, let me ask, Ali was my greatest fighter, though. Right. I remember when he fought Holmes. I literally cried. Holmes was younger. He was his sparring partner. If anybody knew Ali, it was hard. I mean, it was Holmes. Right. He knew Ali right. straight up and down. So every weakness Ali had, he knew where to go. Plus, he was younger than Ali was up in, up in his late 40s when he fought Holmes. That's why Mike Tyson yeah. did Holmes the way he did it. He said, because I was I did Holmes the way he did it. I respect Holmes, but Ali was my favorite. And when he did it, Ali made me want to do the shit to him. And he, he, he didn't think the same way. Hey, he did think the same way. I mean, yeah. Trevor Burbick the same way. He wanted Trevor Burbick because he wanted that belt because that solidified everything that Cuss had said to him over those years that he, Cuss was raising him, that he was going you know, to be Burbick that champion. Oh, Burbick hey, let me ask y'all something about Iron Mike. What's up? Uh, my perspective of Mike, I always hear people say he was okay till he got with uh, Don Mato, I mean, uh, Don King. But he I believe was. he was fucked from the minute that they gave Customato custody of him when he was 11 years old. No, All he did was no, took the 11-year-old boy up to the Catskill Mountains, taught him how to fight. It's against the law to have a kid 11 years old and you don't send him to school or anything. He was a commodity his whole life. And to say Don King fucked him up, that's crazy because when he married Robin Gibbons, he was under the he guise that he was worth $55 million. Robin Gibbons uh, couldn't open up all the books. He was worth $111 million. So okay, let me respond to that. keeping the bigger piece of the money. He had been getting fucked over Jamal. forever. Jamal. But Don Listen, King, whenever he does anything, they blow it up out of proportion. But old Don, he 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 uh he made it known that boxing was a lot more lucrative than what it was when he paid 
Ali and Frazier their money when he uh, promoted their first fight. That was the first well, time he, uh, $5 million dollars ever made it to the ring. Yeah. All right, now let me get on that first part of about Tyson. Now, Tyson was 13 by the time he got the custom model. He already went, went through with um, uh, Billy, Billy, um, Billy Stewart. Billy Stewart got him gone, and then by the time he was 13, he went to Cuff. Now, when Cuff got him, Cuff challenged that energy that Mike had, the energy that he was doing bad, bothering people, knocking people out. He challenged that energy into boxing. So Cuff basically took, took the mind frame of this young, this young motherfucking beast into the Okay, we're going to challenge that into the range. So now you're a professional killer in the range, now on the street. The shit that you do on the street, you bring that into the range, but make sure you got the mind state. Now, as far as him getting fucked by Don King, he did. Don King saying that the contract that Mike had with Jimmy Jacobs and Bill Clayton was fucked up. They was getting most of the money. Putting shit in the mother's account. But yeah. it was really well built when uh, Jimmy Jacobs died. When Jimmy Jacobs died, <laughs> that's when Bill Clayton was all the strung Mike Tyson's money out amongst everybody. Mike Tyson law actually lost the case, a lawsuit from Kevin Rooney on a promise that Customato said Kevin Rooney would benefit from Mike Tyson as a pro. Yeah. And because I think it was four point five million or four point seven million that Mike Tyson had to pay Kevin Rooney years after Rooney wow. was training. You know what? Look, hey, I, let me let me let me say this real quick. Kevin Rooney, hey, Kevin Rooney let, me, let, me, let me just say this and I'm done. Kevin Rooney when he had Mike Mike was short. Mike ain't lose shit. Not a damn thing. Kevin Rooney was that last piece of custom model. Now, the only person that would have been higher than Kevin Rooney was Tony Atlas, and we all know Tony, Tony hit the door when Mike touched his slits there off. So, so see, let me say this. Look, was Kevin right. Rooney. Look, I, I'm, I'm going to say this. Everybody always talking about what Don King did to Mike Tyson. I'm going to keep it real. Yeah. Yeah. Don King ain't did nothing more than what that white man did to Tyson because that white man was the first man to use. He took advantage of a vulnerable kid and basically made a slave out of him and created a monster. That's really what he did. You know what I'm saying? He was the first dude to use him. Don King just kind of like took, just you know what I'm saying, basically just went, did the same thing Customato did, finished with Customato started. He already was messed up by the time he got to Don King because Customato already fucked his head up. You know well, we have a teenager in his developmental years, and you don't teach yeah. him how to read and write, and he's not civil at all. <laughs> If he wants some pussy, y'all go get him a prostitute or something. He got no game or anything. Mike Tyson was fucked from the jump, man. From the jump? Yeah. You, you don't want him to get yeah. teach him how to read or write because now he's going to be up on game about these goddamn contracts that you're going you know, right. to create. You hiring Mike people, put them in the corner. Mike business, though. Mike was never had nobody to teach him business. You like me, you get money. You don't want to know where your money comes from. That's anybody, you don't even know kids. You tell them, hey, we're going to give you this, we're going to give you that. Okay, well, how much I'm getting? Where I'm getting it from? This, that, the other. So, Mike, yeah, you said. All right, hold on real quick. We got less than 13 minutes left on this show, so uh, we, we're going to close it at about 9.30. So we're going to go back to uh, what uh, Brian was saying about Mike Tyson, and then I got another question 
about Tyson uh, overall. So, Brian, go uh, continue what you were saying. Uh, Mike was first uh, about, about he, he was he was he was all right. Chris Dottie. And then after Chris Dottie, uh, that's mentally mentally messed him up. Bill Clayton came in, uh, came cool. straight raping. Don King came in, straight raping. Robert Jones came in, fucked his head up. Mike was fucked from the jump, but Mike put himself in that fucking predicament. Well, that yeah, that's kind of true, and um. Uh, part of that is, like, touched on this uh, documentary called Champs. Uh, I don't know if y'all saw it. Um, I think it was on mm-hmm. AMC. Uh, it's on Netflix. It's on Netflix. Yeah, it's on Netflix. Yeah, that one had, uh, it had him, Evander Holyfield, and Bernard Hopkins. That was, that was a great documentary. A very good one. Uh, you know, Bernard, that uh, loser Bella motherfucker yeah. cheated, cheated Bernard out of his money. on a serious station. And, and I have all the people yeah. on my Facebook boxing group. Yeah, now, um, we got, we got, what you call it? I got a group called Boxing with the Brothers. We got, um, yeah, he called but the other thing that. that I wanted to touch on, um, with, uh, Mike Tyson was, is that a lot of, a lot of people are saying that favorite Tyson say that he was, like, one of the greatest heavyweights ever. But when you look at the list that they have going mm-hmm. on out there, they don't really mm-hmm. even put him amongst the top 20 or 25. You know why? Or, you know or, why? Because uh, ever since ever since that rape conviction and ever since the the biting of the ear, they yeah they praise they praise Tyson, but they talk about they talk about they they try to scratch him out of history. Basically, they talk they talking a big good one. They build him up, but they still assassinate his character every time you get. Yeah, Floyd's the new nigga now, but Tyson Tyson still won't be that nigga. Yeah, I think I think part of that is like what you said. It's, it's it's similar to, you know, how those baseball writers treat you know those guys that went through the steroid steroid area uh, during that time. But that since they did what they did, you know, they're not allowed in the Hall of Fame, or they're trying to put them at a separate, you know, separate, uh, you know, part of the part of the hall. But the point of it well, is, if it, is that they, if they didn't really form. have that steroid. Yeah, well, if they didn't really have that steroid ever era, then baseball wouldn't have got to the level that it did. It wouldn't have been exactly. able to get the money that it did if it wasn't for that. So you can't just necessarily erase all of that away because if you did, you wouldn't have been as popular as you were, or some of y'all baseball writers wouldn't still have a job. So that's the point on that one. You know? So, but I believe when um, Mark McGuire was using the steroids, they was turning a blind eye to it. When Barry Bonds started doing it, then the Black Watch came out. Now, if you remember when Mark McGuire and Jose Caseco was on the Oakland A's, and they was in the World Series, they was known as home run hitters. These motherfuckers is passing the passing the fight. That's what the fuck they was doing. But they ain't nobody saying that until this motherfucker got to work for the Russia. <laughs>
I know. I remember who you talked oh, about. Uh, I can't read. Was, I can't remember his name. It was, it was a picture. It was a damn. It was a white. The picture. I he was said a he picture. Was it was a picture. What you talking about, Andy? Oh. Said it. No, no, it wasn't I'm a picture. Thinking, uh, Damn. It wasn't Andy, a what, what did you say? The dude, I'm thinking he was a position player. Yeah, he what was a position player. He performed at the hearing. He was acting like he was totally upset and everything about yeah, even the like concept of using him on steroids. Then when the truth came out, yeah, like that motherfucker yeah. was roided up like some bitch. Oh, that was yeah, the kid that exactly. played for um, yeah, the Milwaukee Brewers, wasn't it? Oh, Rafael yeah, Palmeiro. That yeah, that's who it was. Rafael Palmeiro. That guy just said. Oh, for the Orioles. I did I never. Yeah, I have never used steroids. And never will use steroids. It, it was almost like an insult to a Oh no! You. It was also Roger Clemens. Roger Clemens said he admit, he denied it too. Yeah, but see, they set him up. The guy still had the surrender. Yeah. Roger Clemens stood yeah. on the stand and said, I never used steroids, too. Yep. Yeah, they, they yeah, don't, but that whole thing, like, Seiko, yeah, but like he's in, he was telling the truth. Like, yeah, that whole thing oh, yeah, helped baseball, so I don't know I don't know what baseball, the baseball writers are talking about, and Bud Selig was in on it, too, so I'm like, he was the one that let that all that stuff go, and then he want to turn around and condemn all them players. I'm like, if he didn't, if they didn't do that, baseball wouldn't be where it is, you know. So they need to put Kaneko in the Hall of Fame. They need to put Kaneko in the Hall of Fame just strictly off that, because he revolutionized the sport. He cleaned yep. it up single-handed. He needs yep. to be in the Hall of Fame. All right, we're gonna get back on the. Uh, yeah, we're on eighty-three, right? Yeah, yeah, we're going to get back on the park right reason, quick. Um, one, the of the, one of the things that um, we're going to get That's on like is uh, the whole thing with um, no, I'm saying, Nicholas Hawkins. Was a couple weeks ago. Hold on a minute. Uh, thing uh, with uh, Nicholas Walters, a couple weeks ago, he uh, had his fight uh, over at 125 and ended up being overweight uh, for that fight. Um, so he went in there overweight. He, he scored the win, scored the victory, and you know, after that, he basically said that he he won't necessarily be at 125 anymore, and he'll just go up to 130. And with that being said, that you know, Nick's is a potential fight between him and uh, Vasil Lomachenko, who has had you know extensive uh, amateur career and only has five fights under his belt. But you know, we're still fighting world champions uh, within his second or third fight. So that you know, potential fight is you know out of out of contention. And also, another thing with uh, the fight, Carl Frampton is another guy that's going to be on Premier Boxing Champion as soon as he, recently, he uh, recently signed with um, he recently signed with Al Heyman there. And uh, so with Carl Frampton signing with Premier Boxing Champions, you won't see Frampton fighting uh, Rigo anytime soon. So those are two potential matchups that could have been really interesting that Kind of got Nick's right off the top. Radio so, so, so those are the two things there that are going on. So we got about five minutes, less than five minutes left. So uh, if y'all have anything on those last two points about Frampton and um, Nicholas Walters, basically, uh, you know, Walters going over, getting overweight, and Frampton signing without Heyman. Anyone got something to say on uh, those two things? Francis Arnold, Al Heyman? Al yeah, Heyman could have been, be hey, that dude, 
That dude clean that dude that dude clean up the sport, man. <laughs> that dude signing every fighter, man. I don't know what to yeah. say about Al Heyman. You never know what that dude up to. You know what I'm saying? You never know what he up to. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh yeah, he is cleaning up the sport and, and making making boxing a lot more exciting now. I mean the, I mean twenty fifteen, I mean we he had his first he had his first premier boxing champions card on March seventh and here we are in June and you know, people are talking boxing much more than you know they used to in the past five years or so. It isn't just Floyd Mayweather and Manny Pacquiao and nothing else. It's much more than that now because of what he did. You know, so oh, yeah. that's, a, that's a big thing right there. That's a big thing right there. Yeah. Uh, any, anything else on that? Who was, um, who was, who was these fighters? Who's fighting on July 21st next month? It's going to be on one of these shows. It's so many. Because Al Heyman, didn't, you know, he came with the regular TV. Now everybody else is following. So I can't keep up with it. I don't know who's who. Well, uh, they do have stuff on uh, Spike TV sometimes. I think Top Rank does that because I've seen uh, one of the recent cards that you know they had with um, on Top Rank, and uh, I forgot who the guy was that uh, Bruno defeated earlier. Um, he was like on one of those cards, so they had uh, yeah, I think so, uh, yeah, something like that. But they had um, Tim Bradley commentating on that one, so. Um, that that's another thing where you you'll be able to see those things. And Golden Boy has something going on on Fox Sports, uh, Fox Sports One or whatever it is. So that's another thing that um we have there. Um, you know, right now I'm a, I'm a basically like close out this show. Uh, we had like about three minutes left, but you know I want to thank all of y'all that called in. Uh, you know, most of y'all coming in from that Facebook group, uh, boxing with the brothers. So, you know, we're gonna continue to talk boxing on that on that message board right there. So y'all be sure to see, you know, us going back and forth about different things in support of boxing on that on that uh thing and make sure that y'all catch us uh, you know, next Sunday at seven thirty. We're gonna try to get Travis Walker back on uh for that. Uh and on that note, uh like I always say the main point is to hit and not get hit. Not get hit. And on that note, y'all I'm out. Thanks again.